Welcome to the Family Worship Companion, supplementing your personal reading of Scripture with a Christ-centered emphasis and real-life application for every member of the family. So having read Genesis chapter 3, I want to help you take a closer look at what is simultaneously a scene that is full of despair as well as hope. It, it gives to us the, the fall of man while also actually being mostly concerned with what God is going to do and his work of redemption on man's behalf. So as we delve deeper, we learn that amidst the paradise of Eden comes a serpent. This serpent, Satan, will be the accuser and tormentor of the people of God from the time of the fall until finally he is dealt with by God in Christ. Sometimes people stumble over the idea of Satan taking over the body of a serpent. Certainly there's mystery there that we can't fully visualize exactly what was going on, but Satan has a habit of doing this. We, we will find out later that he enters into Judas. Under the governance of God, he is capable of taking possession of animate life and functioning in a, in a certain way according to the limitations of his power. Uh, we, we find lesser demons taking over the body of swine and running headlong into a river during the ministry of Christ. So it's good to keep in mind that Satan at times exhibits power that seems to be almost on a level with God. In other words, we see him do things and we think that maybe only God could do something like that. It's not that he can do what God can do, but he seems to encroach into areas that we would say, surely only God can do that. So he he's able to function in a serpent so that it speaks, just as God is able to take a, a donkey, Balaam's ass, and cause it to speak. So definitely there's much that we don't understand, but bottom line, Satan is very powerful. I think it's good for us to take a moment and look at his strategy as he approaches in the garden. First, he makes his attack on Eve when she is isolated. Second, he times his attack when Eve is in proximity to the tree, when she can see it and be near to it. And that proximity to temptation is another key aspect of what goes on here. Third, he has a clear purpose in mind. I need to get her to question God's word. To place doubt in the mind is to get Eve to travel at least 90% of the way towards disobedience. To put doubt in her mind is to lay a foundation of discontentment. And so Satan's strategy is ultimately successful. We see in verse 6 the progression of sin where she sees, takes, tastes and shares. Think about all four of them. I can't take any time to mine more deeply. She sees, takes, tastes, shares. Happens all the time when people sin. And when it is put before him, Adam ultimately fails. He succumbs to the temptation that is put before him. And instead of rescuing or rebuking his wife, he joins her in her rebellion. And so we're reminded that sin is subtle and it progresses in very insidious ways and usually leads to influence upon others especially upon our loved ones if you look at verse 12 you'll see that adam's response is it would appear to blame god and his wife for what has happened immediately you see 
the inclination of fallen humanity to to not take responsibility but to cast blame. That's is a very important aspect actually of our development as people as we grow to learn early on that the number one thing you can do is take responsibility. Take responsibility. Adam fails to do it, displays his fallen nature here. So we come to application. Tons of it here. First of all, since Satan's purpose is to get us to doubt in order to deny, our response is to ask for an increase of faith. Secondly, we learn that sin brings man to a place where he tries to find new jobs, jobs that God never intended for him. So in this case, Adam begins to become a tailor and he tries to sew fig leaves together in order to cover his sense of shame that both he and his wife are now experiencing. As tragic as the whole scene is, verse 8 gives to us the first indication of pre-incarnate son of God. He is walking in the garden to hear the voice, the word, the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. This is the word of God moving towards sinners, indicating his work of redemption in going after that which is lost. Man's natural response to grace is not to run to it, but to run away from it. But the Lord is running after men in order to share that grace with him. Let us make sure that we're looking at ourselves honestly. Am I today running away from divine inquiries? When God comes and says, where art thou? Let me not be running away from that. When God inquires after me, he intends good. He intends mercy. And the rod may be difficult if he is coming with a word of reproof, but it's exactly what we need and is healthy to our soul. Verse 15 gives to us the first gospel promise where we learn that God's way of saving man is through the seed of the woman. This is the gospel. This is God taking on flesh and providing redemption by invading time through the incarnation and the life of Christ to provide salvation through his obedience and death upon the cross and his resurrection. Verse 16, we look at it, I think we're reminded here that humanity is the reason for the sorrow of this life. And that is signified through the sorrow the woman has as she brings forth children. Verse 16 also warns us of a natural collision of wills. Eve would have, by nature, would have felt inclined to follow Adam's lead. Now, it's more difficult given the fact that we are warned of this. You husbands and wives need to depend on the grace of God. Pray and apply the scripture to resist the temptation to fight, to squabble, to be against each other. Never, never look at your spouse as if she's sitting on the other side of the table and the two of you are, are battling over things. Whatever the problem is, come to the same side of the table and work through it together. Verse 17 through 19 underlines again that man's meant to work, but now that work is made far more difficult by the curse. But when you see man being told he's going to sweat, immediately it points us forward that Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he labored and he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood, he is doing that to do a work we can't do. No amount of our sweat can ever provide salvation for ourselves. But Christ, he sweats and he is able to provide salvation and has, praise God, provided salvation. And so while our labor may be challenging and difficult at times, thank God 
we're not trying to provide salvation for ourselves. Another point of application, verse 20 also shows us the response of Adam and Eve to what has happened. Adam names his wife Eve as the mother of all living. It's, it's a name that indicates life. Therefore, Adam and Eve were seizing upon the promise that was given to them and were believing God to fulfill what he had promised to do. But you also see here that this faith that Adam and Eve display, here especially Adam, results in a form of obedience. He is now taking authority, taking responsibility. He's calling his wife Eve. That's leadership. And he is leading now in a way that he had failed to do when Satan entered the garden. Adam is no longer passive. Let that be a warning. Passive men are not a good thing in this world. So wives, encourage your men to be active, to engage, lead the family, especially in worship, and praise them and encourage them when they do so. You wives out there, if you, if you have a temptation, if you're built in a certain way that wants to lead, then that's a temptation you need to pull back on, confess, suppress, because it's not helpful when God has placed man in authority. Another tremendous point of application here is in the gospel depicted in God taking an animal and using it as a substitute to cover Adam and Eve. And so an animal, animal is killed by God and the skins are used to clothe them, teaching the doctrine of substitution, of imputed righteousness, of justification by grace alone, through faith alone and Christ alone. Let me ask you as we come to the end, have you trusted Christ? Do you possess life? Can you step into the presence of God and know you're accepted in the beloved? I trust you can.